0: got to go quickly. It's a draw. It's a
1: draw. And then she gets it back. Oh, God, are you kidding me? And the Sunshine Coast Lightning have achieved the unthinkable.
2: Hi everyone and welcome to episode 16 of the Inner Circle podcast. Sherelle McMahon and Bianca Chatfield with you. It's an exciting time. Bianca, we're heading into finals. But no. before we kind of talk about that, perhaps, we do need to reflect on the epic final round, round of Suncorp
1: New Super Netball. How great was it? There were so many exciting games. I mean, the standout, which, of course, we're going to have to talk to in a lot of detail. Sherelle, I need answers from you. <laughs> the Vixens-Magpies game. Uh, we've been probably questioning the Magpies' consistency all year mm. However, since they've come back from the World Cup, I think that's what they've found. They've found that consistency and they've been able to keep performing and keep producing such great netball. Yeah. And the thing that surprised me, and probably not surprised, that's the wrong word, but the experienced players in Jeeva, Mentor, Nat Medhurst, both 35 years old, they were outstanding. Mm. They really, it was just their smarts that really helped them get that win, I thought. Um but the bonus point system, I know you're on that committee to start with years ago when that was bought in, but I've said it before, I've never been more interested in the game watching as a fan as what I was over the weekend because of the bonus point. And yeah. Yeah, it was, it was exciting. It was exciting in the Giants game. Uh, however, yes. I think even though they had a 10 goal win in the end to only have won two quarters, um, you know, they'd probably be regretting that a little bit that they played first. Had they played, I think, <laughs> after the Magpies-Vixens game, who knows what would have happened. Well, that's
2: it. And I guess you you know the scenario and you know what you need to do from a Magpies perspective. and. Um, they controlled that game incredibly well, didn't they? And you're right, a couple of those big stars stepped up and um, Ash Braz, for me, she's got won her third MVP in a row (laughs) playing in that centre position. Can you believe it? She says she's never won one before. No. Well, I'm actually, I am surprised at that, but I can't remember her winning any of those MVPs. So, and, you know, it's a move to centre. What a master stroke that has been for them and it, um, you know, particularly on the back of losing Kelsey yeah. last week, um, you know, th- their ability to to cover that has been really impressive. Um, and so, uh, you know, before we move on from the bonus point, the interesting thing is um, that the bonus points wouldn't have changed the ladder positionings, actually. So, in fact, the Swifts had more bonus points than the Sunshine Coast Lightning and finished right. below them. And the same happened with the Giants and the Magpies. So the Giants actually had more bonus point wins than the Magpies but finished below them. Right. So although it kind of kept the games alive. Yes. In the end they kind of it didn't come for nothing. Into, yeah. So Isn't that it's, funny? it's a really interesting. You um, do love your stats. That so that's we, a I good do love stat. my stats. So that's, I thought that was, I was like, I wonder actually how much <laughs> it, it played into the final positionings uh, in the end. Um, but the Magpies and the Giants, they ended up on the same number of points. So then the tiebreaker was the wins. Yep. They ended up on the same number of wins. So then the tiebreaker was a percentage and it was less than a percentage point that Whoa. separated them. So So it when was you're going into
1: tight. a game like that, Vixens, playing pretty much a dead rubber. They were already going to finish third. They were already hosting the semi-final. As a coach, and I want your insight into how you prepare the team, do you think about the bonus points? And then as the game's playing out and you can see the Magpies getting so excited and so intense around the end of each quarter – You know, how do you coach that when you're the opposition team?
2: Yeah, well, the bonus point and how you approach it is a really interesting one, the psychological side of that and and how you get yourselves Mm. um, up for those those final moments, often in a quarter. But um, it really wasn't a huge focus. I mean, obviously, each game we want to win as many quarters as we can, not just because of the bonus point, but because that means you're playing good netball. So um, it certainly was a focus, but it wasn't... Um, you know, there were other things for us that we wanted to get out of that game um, that were possibly more important. Um, but they they rode that wave of, um, they,
1: as I said before, they controlled the game really well. Could um, you feel that from the opposition bench? I mean, when you watch it on TV, you've got the commentators talking about the bonus point. <laughs> you've got the camera on Kate Upton, you know, standing in the coach's box, really, you know, coaching yeah. from the side of the court. So it was probably much more exaggerated from watching it on T V, but when you were there, could you notice it? Uh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You could definitely see. I mean,
2: and we we all knew the equation. They either had to win all four quarters or three and then win by seven. A significant amount. Uh, so we we knew the equation, but It was, no, I guess it didn't take too much of our attention, really. Perhaps it was more emphasised. Maybe it needed to take more attention. Maybe, maybe maybe it should have been. And, you know, it is an interesting one because, you know, we now come up against the Magpies next week, uh, only in a few days' time. Um, And there are some positives around that too. You know, we've seen the Magpies play some brilliant netball. Um, and we've already had a very close look at the things that we did well and didn't do well, and we feel like there's some adjustments we can make to to hopefully
1: get on top. Yeah, well, I agree. I think it's actually... If you're going to lose it, it's probably better to lose that in the lead-up. And then now, when it's do or die for both teams, you've got a lot that you can take out of that game. That you could do better Um, for all the Vixens players out there. I think that was just one of their flattest games that I've seen of the season. And potentially that is because it was a dead rubber. You know, you weren't necessarily playing for anything. And I know you know as a coach especially you're like no every game's important yeah yeah and no doubt the girls
2: thought that there's no way they that any of us went into that game thinking this doesn't matter mm. there is no way and no. i've heard a couple of people going oh you know maybe they were trying out combinations no we were Making some changes within that game because we were down and we wanted to get ourselves back in into that to, into yeah, that game. To, so to try and win it, um, there, there was you know there's no thought about that us coming in in any way not caring about the outcome of that game. <laughs> um, and I think that uh, the players would take offence
1: to any suggestion. Oh, of, of course that. they would. Yeah. But let's talk about momentum because it is a huge thing leading into a final series. And from my eyes, how I see it is. The Lightning and the Magpies have got momentum going into this final series. The Vixens and the Swifts seem to be losing momentum as the season progresses. With the Swifts, they had a one-goal win against the Firebirds. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you, do you think their performance, yes, not their best. They still got the win in the end. But their performance, is not is Bryony Akel doing a Nolene Tarua at World Cup in that trying out that different... Backline set up, seeing what they could possibly do. with having Sarah Clough out at goal defence, having Katrina Roray at goalkeeper. Is she doing that to try and see what happens next once they get into finals, do you think? Or do you think that was just the best team to start on the day? Um,
2: I think it was what she thought was the best team to start on the day um but yeah look and these are the things you kind of have to work through too you you have different combinations that you want to know how they respond in different situations so I mean I don't know perhaps that's what she was doing I'm not sure (laughs) what do you think
1: I think she was trying out something different I I, I really like the Maddie Turner Sarah Clow what they've been able to do in that circle I'm I wouldn't have changed it you know, going into the last round into finals. I think they needed to find some more confidence in what they were putting out there. But maybe she just needed that to see whether she could try it out over the next couple of weeks, knowing that they've got two definite finals games to play. Um, But going on the momentum, it feels like to me that Lightning, I think, will get the home grand final. Uh, I think they will win on the weekend. Uh, And I think whoever wins out of Magpies and Vixens are going to keep going all the way through to that final. Right, That's how I'm seeing it. I could be completely wrong because I've been very wrong at different times this year, but that's how I'm seeing it.
2: And, you know, momentum is an interesting thing, isn't it, when it's going your way. Um, It it just keeps rolling and sometimes it can be hard to grasp it. But we all know when it comes to finals, it does not matter what's happened (laughs) beforehand. It only matters what happens on that day. So that's certainly the attitude we'll be taking into this game.
1: Bonus points means nothing. Well, correct. So you just got a win now. So who cares what happens? It's all about the win. Yeah, it's the end point. Hey, I forgot to mention at the
2: start here um, that we have a very special guest happening um, very shortly and that is Kimmy Green. We are very, very excited. Now, B, we spoke to her about coming on our very first podcast. Oh, we did too. We did. and um, She had Giants training. She had
1: Giants training and she retired and we thought, well, she hasn't got training yet. Yeah, there's no We're more excuses. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I just thought what was intriguing uh, by having Kim on this week, it was not so much about you know, talking about the Giants as such and their season. I'm more intrigued because we've both gone through it ourselves around the decision-making process around when is the right time to retire? <laughs> is it your decision? How do you go through that process? How long has she been thinking about it? Um, I think it's a really interesting thing that we all probably tackle in such different ways. Um, but it would be great to give everybody a bit of an insight into, into that part of it. And I'm sure Kimmy is probably still just getting her head around what's happened over the last – I thought I'd see her in Melbourne this weekend playing to be honest. I thought I was going to be able oh, to go to a f- one of her final games, but it all just ended too quickly. It did for her. And I I,
2: I also wonder where she was watching that game and what emotions she was feeling as that was happening and playing out in front of her. And, you know, what a great netball mind she has. So mm. we'll be picking that about all sorts of different things. Just a quick one. Um, netball Scoop, which is a, um, a Twitter handle basically and a website that, I love reading. They do some absolutely great work. Have got an MVP announcement happening tonight, so they've done their MVP across the season. Oh, really? And they've announced that it's come down to two players. It's either between Carla Pretorius or Shamira Sterling. Whoa. So, well, I'm all for the defenders. Oh, exactly. Go the defenders. <laughs> firstly, um, who who would you think?
1: Well, who's voted? Is it based on well stats the, alone?
2: I think. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what they're <laughs> voting. What's the criteria? No, I want to know what who yours is, not theirs. Who do you think? I is?
1: think Carla Pretorius. Yeah. Because I think she's a more well rounded player. Um, I think Shamira Sterling takes amazing intercepts and definitely gets a lot of hand to ball, but I think Carla creates a lot of those opportunities for herself or the others around yeah. her. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one
2: for me. I think Carla Pretorius tips it just because her team uh finished yeah. minor premiers and yeah. that's for me is a big thing about the impact you can have on the success of your team. Sterling though, if you want someone to do something in the big moments,
1: she often
2: does. So and, she's yep. she's super and she'll only get better. She's and w- scary.
1: What I'm loving is that having these defenders – stand up is that, you know, usually the highlights reel on the news of the netball (laughs) is always just the shooters putting in a goal, you know, ball into the shooter shoots a goal. And it's very rarely the defenders. Whereas I feel this season, things have flipped and the highlights reel are the defenders coming out and taking intercepts. And I think that's pretty cool. Well, do
2: you know what? That's probably a bit of a challenge for the editors too, because you're right. Often we do see the highlights, even of the goalers' play, other they yeah. shooting the goal, that's not the highlight. No. The highlight is how they took the ball, or as you say, <laughs> what defensive plays happen in the intercept. Yes, so anyway. how, did they,
1: how did they actually change the game? Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> You're right. You're meant to shoot, as you say. You're meant to shoot. That's, <laughs> that's your job. Right. That's not a highlight. That's just
2: <laughs> what we do. Um, the other thing I wanted just to quickly touch on uh, before we do head to Kimmy G., is a campaign that Woolworths is running. Now, Woolworths obviously support netball from the elite level right through to the grassroots, and I thought this was a great one. It's called You Grow Girl, um, and they are giving away $200,000 worth of funding to clubs. So you can apply for this to improve uh, your equipment or your environment. You can get goalpost paddings. There's even clinics available, the SSN stars We'll come in and run. We're running some association visits. So I love this sort of thing that really gives back to our grassroots. And that's right. Um, there's a website. So
1: it's from upgrading facilities, developing skills. You can purchase equipment, support club members, whatever it might be. Make sure you have that idea in place before you apply. You go to the website yougrowgirl.netball.com.au and you just fill it all out on online. And I think entries open... As of oh sorry, they close on the thirtieth of September. Yep, so you got a little bit of time to link in with that fantastic campaign. Uh, but is there anything else you want to touch on and grill me about, or should we just get? Straight? What are you going to do this week, Sherelle? <laughs> what changes are you going to make? Not necessarily in the lineup, but in potentially your game plan. To beat the magpies. Oh, you want me to tell you our game plan to beat the magpies? I just want you to tell me a couple of things. Give us, come on. <laughs> this podcast is about helping people. Well, it's the inner understand. circle, isn't it? We're it is. You the inner
2: insight. Look, I think um, what the magpies did well against us is push us a little bit wide. You know, we know all know how dominant Liz Watson can be when she delivers that ball through. So we've got our main session this afternoon. So, um, you know, we kind of haven't got together out on court yet but we'll we'll be doing a lot of work there and just some um, strategies on making sure that we've got some other options to bring the ball through particularly from an attacking perspective.
1: And the other final that is going on the Lightning taking on the Swifts which way do you think that game will go? Is mm. it I, I mean I know I'm saying I think feel like Swifts they have been a great team all year but I feel like they're losing a little bit of momentum and lightning are moving forward so that's my reasoning as behind why i think lightning were gonna, are going to are going to win um and it's at their home court yeah. what how do you think that's going to play out
2: yeah i think i think a home court advantage does does play into it in this one for for the lightning i as you say on form perhaps you'd go with that but the swifts i don't know there is something about them this year they've been able to find a way they've found a way and i i really love the way their coach Bryony akel goes about it so um, I'm sitting firmly on the fence, I'm sorry, <laughs> Bianca, with potentially our opponent being one of those teams next week. Oh, Is that exactly okay as I
1: thought you would.
2: <laughs> oh, fun times, Bianca. Um, yeah, well, look, it, and it has been, what a, what a great, um, home and away season, it has been. It's come down to, as we said, it literally came down to the final quarter, again, like it did last year uh, with the bonus point system. Uh, so, you know, we've got to give that a tick. I know there's been some angst about it, but I think we do have to give that a, a big tick.
1: I, I agree with you. It's exciting. I think netball is being showcased in such a different way that anyone who potentially wasn't a fan of the sport now, as soon as you watch the game and the broadcast, you get you know, it's so caught up in it, you can't look away and that's yeah. what I think is the best thing about our game. And hopefully these next games that we have coming up in the final series are going to be exciting and are gonna go down to the wire. And I hope Sherelle, now that games can't be a draw and there may be extra time, yes. I hope teams are preparing for that.
2: Well and actually that's an interesting one just to bring up too, because the extra time situation is very different. In Suncorp Super Netball this year. So instead of, as we normally see, they're two seven minute halves if there's a drawn game and then double extra time with the um, the two point advantage, we scrap the seven minutes and we go straight to the two point advantage. So time stops. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the teams have a couple of minutes. So to, hang on, if there's a draw. If there's a draw, time yep, stops. Yep. Um, as it normally would, you can make changes or do okay, whatever. So you've got you want like a do. two minutes or whatever a, yeah, you might like have. I yep. Think time for a, an ad break and. That sort of thing, and come back out onto court. Um, and it is literally the first team to get a two goal. Wow. Advantage.
1: See, I didn't even know that. There you go. Bit of a change <laughs> ahead. So you the just finals. have to get
2: up by two goals. So that's you might it. only play another minute. Not even. If you can do it quickly enough, it might only be 30 seconds. Wow. Okay, I like
1: that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so it certainly won't. Well, you wouldn't think it'd be. Who knows? We could have an epic game that goes, you know, those 80 minutes like those international <laughs> <laughs> test matches, but surely not if that's all you have to do. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, I always have memories when we talk about this of our epic final in (laughs) Delhi where the the double extra time
1: (laughs) went uh,
2: 14 minutes or whatever it was, so um, it took us that long to break the deadlock. So you never know, it could actually take that long or it could be, as you said, very quickly. (laughs) Um, Let's get into Kimmy G because we have, as I said, been waiting for this uh, since we began this podcast. Joining us right after this is the legend herself, Kimmy Green. (laughs) Welcome back to the Inner Circle Podcast, Bianca Chatfield and Sherelle McMahon with you, as is Kim Green. We are so excited to have Kim on. We have been asking for her for a long time. She's (laughs) finally here. She's played 74 caps for the Australian Diamond. She's a former Australian vice captain, won gold medals at the Glasgow Commonwealth Games, two World Cups. She's played 212 elite games on top of all that. You've pretty much done it all. Kim Green, Welcome.
1: Hello, thanks for having me. Jeez, I'd be tired if I was you after all of that. Oh, <laughs> uh, Bea, you've done that
0: before. Both of you have done that before, more than what
2: I've done. Oh, that was a long time ago. We can't remember what it We're feels like any, anymore. Um, Kim, we want to just jump straight into it because it has been such a huge weekend for you in many, many ways. I want to know, where did you watch the Vixens and Magpies <laughs> game and could you believe your eyes? Well, I
0: watched it at home uh, with... Desi Wall and my husband Trent, and we're just kind of sitting there. I honestly thought victims were going to get over the line. I really thought they were going to do it. Um, it was a huge win for the Mad Magpies, and um, I guess I shouldn't have been so silly to think that Magpies um, couldn't pull it out because they've done that in the last three weeks. So um, as soon as the game was over, I realised it was Mad Monday the next day and I hadn't got my outfit um, organised, <laughs> so it was a quick <laughs> trip to the op shop to try and figure out what I was going wear.
2: Right, what did you go with?
0: Uh, well, I got like a it's like a one suit. So we're in Partner's Anyway, it's like a boiler suit kind of thing. It's I think it's kind of funky, but um Hayes seems
1: to think otherwise.
2: All oh, right. <laughs> I'm sure we'll rock it. Oh, well, um, <laughs> hopefully we'll see pictures. Yeah, that's right. I'm yeah,
1: sure. I'm <laughs> sure we will. Uh, what about your emotions, Kimmy? The minute that final whistle went and Magpies had won the game and they're through to the semi, you realizing that is your you've played your last ever game of elite netball. Take us through the emotional side of it and how you're feeling. Yeah.
0: Um, mixed emotions throughout that whole game. I think when uh, Magpies had such a great start, I was like, oh dear, this is not ideal. Um, and I think they prepped me well because up the whole game. It was like they came through and won at the end and off they went. So um, I was kind of coming to grips with it throughout the whole hour of the game. And, yeah, it was mixed emotions. I think um, for me, obviously playing my last game, but uh, also the way that Netball New South Wales and everyone in Sydney, um, you know, really put on such a send-off for me. Like, I really loved that game as well. So, uh, yeah, I'd sort of come to terms throughout that hour that that was going to be my last game. And I I guess it's such a privilege, honestly. Um, uh, At the beginning of the year, I wasn't going to announce my retirement at all. I was going to leave it till the end of the the season had finished. Um, But I'm so glad I did it now because, I got to say goodbye to so many people that have seen me grow up I guess and yeah I think looking back I'm just so blessed that I've got the opportunity to do that and um, as much as I was really sad that we weren't going to be in finals and um, you know shake up the competition in the final series kind of was just yeah like I said really blessed and um, grateful for the opportunities that I have had. Just that send off was pretty incredible.
1: How do you go about the decision making process? And Sherelle and I spoke about this before, and that, you know, we all go about it very differently. And um, how did you go about making the decision? Because we saw you step down from Diamonds a few years ago, and then it allowed you to probably spend a bit more time focusing on Super Netball and, and enjoying your Netball there without the pressure of the Diamonds as well. When did you decide, nope, that's it, I'm ready to go completely?
0: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, and B. I, I know we've spoken about this at length. Um, and going into Glasgow Commonwealth Games, uh, we spoke quite heavily about it when you decided that you're going to retire. And
1: so Kim was the only one that I told in the team. Yeah. So no, I didn't tell anyone else. And so we'd look at each other and I'd be like, "Last training,
0: okay. <laughs> the best." And I think that's so important to have someone like that in a team. and I think you taught me a few things in the fact that when you know, you know, and you can't force it until you know. Um, so if you're sort of sitting there going, I'm not sure, it's probably not time. Um, so that was one thing that I had taken from, you know, yourself and others that had retired. But the second thing was like, tell someone in a, in your team. Um, so for me, I knew pretty much in preseason that it was going to be, I was 99% sure that it was going to be my last season. Um, but come round two, I spoke to Joey Harden and I said, yeah, this is definitely going to be my last season. I, I knew what the feeling was like because I had been there with Diamond. Um, and I felt like I would worked incredibly hard of things off the court to make sure that the transition was going to be easy. That was something that I had really in the forefront of my mind the last three years in making sure that um, I had other things in my life and netball wasn't my life. And I feel as though my game had completely changed for the better because of that so yeah I thought I was just in a really good place um and I felt like the team was in a really good place as well so yeah it was a pretty easy decision but running um I think the one thing I keep saying is running 180 meters on 30 seconds with 20 seconds off times 16 or something ridiculous like that on the netball court was just not okay anymore. And,
1: um, <laughs> you usually need to thrive
0: on that stuff. Oh, honestly, well, yeah, and, like, I honestly almost lost bowel movements because of it. Like, it was just oh. horrible. It was the worst session. I was just like,
1: nah, you know what, like... So did you do that in pre-season this year? Uh, yeah, in
2: both of our pre-seasons this
1: year. Um <laughs> we pre-season at World Cup, remember? <laughs>
2: you had a double pre-season. Well done well, in your well, last everyone year. Everyone
0: it up in World Cup land. We were back in pre Um But, yeah,
2: no, like little things like that. I was just like,
0: I used yeah, used to thrive on that sort of stuff. Not that I hated it. I still got it done, but I was just like, oh, I've just got lots of things on my plate, and um, I just felt like it was time. You know when you know, and, um yeah. And, uh, like, I've never lost love for the sport, even when I left Diamond. It's not about that. It's just, yeah, you just
2: know. Yeah, and I guess for for me when I was going through it too, it was a couple of moments that made the sacrifices – Kind of start to outweigh the the benefits that it was that it was bringing. I kind of felt that, and I guess if you're in a situation like you have just described in pre season, that's probably uh, very heavily weighing on the sacrifice side of things. Yeah,
0: well, and it's it's interesting, and I think this is one thing I heard a quote um, not long ago that you know as an athlete they say we make sacrifices, but it's actually a choice. Yeah. a choice to be there. And um, for me, like, I've just chosen that it's now time for me to concentrate on other things and, um, you know, spend time with my husband, spend time with my family, like the people that have actually made sacrifices for my career, time to actually spend time with them and give back to them. And, um, yeah, I'm just so pumped to actually just have some downtime.
2: Yeah, and um, that, that's one of the things that... Um perhaps you'll find exciting, maybe challenging, I'm not sure, is the lack of structure around that. What have you got planned? What What's in place? You mentioned Sarah Wall before, and I'm sure many of our listeners, listeners would know about the great things you're doing with NetFit. Is Does that take a bigger role, or are there some other things you've got um, in the pipeline? Yeah,
0: absolutely. We're, um, we've got a couple of businesses. We've got NetFit, and then we've got NetFit Tours, and um we're in our fifth year of Netflix tours, so we're in that restructuring stage. So we're um, really excited about a couple of things that are happening for us next year. But, yeah, for me, I um, head over to LA uh, pretty much in four weeks' um, time. We're off to LA and then Bali, then Brunei, and then we're going to do a bit of a world trip. So back end of the season doesn't really stop for me. Um, it's pretty much similar to what I normally do. But come January, yeah, I probably will feel slightly a little bit lost. Um knowing that I'm not, you know, getting up at 8, um, getting to training by 9, <laughs> 9.30, prehab at 9.45. Like, <laughs> yeah, you become a robot as an athlete. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I've been working with someone to help me um, almost detrain my body a little bit um, and also just make sure that um, the way I eat is a little bit different and um, yeah, hormonally it's going to change completely as well. So... Yeah, I've got some really cool people in my corner that I'm hoping are going to help me get through this little part. (laughs) It's going to be hard, but I'm just also really pumped and I'm really excited to see what the next part of life holds
1: for me you and i kimmy are both pretty passionate about the welfare and athlete well-being space and we've spoken you know at length before around what's available to athletes as they go through this retirement and you know transition out of sport um can you give our listeners a bit of an insight into if there is anything that netballers get at the moment to help with that process Yeah,
0: it's an interesting one. And I think each team will be a little bit different um, going through the processes. I think uh, the Players Association are working really hard with Netball Australia about bringing someone in that's going to overlook all the wellbeing and welfare of all of the teams, which I think is going to be really cool. That comes in next year. Um, For Giants, we've got a sports psychologist that we work heavily with. But for me, um, there wasn't... There wasn't, like, a, a well-being or a welfare person that I could go and speak to in the office or anything like that. That's That was a little bit difficult in the fact that, um, you know, for me, like, it, it's a hard thing holding a secret for so long. Mm. Like, and I think being able to go and talk to someone about that would have been really cool. But, like I said, we do have a support site that could have um, done some work with me. But I just kind of felt like the transition stages of athletes at the moment is really important, and I think... Um, Netball Australia are doing some really um, great steps in the right direction, and I know I've spoken to Netball New South Wales about implementing a few more things for us, and they are all ears and willing to to look forward to that as well. So, um, yeah, I think we're slowly getting there, absolutely. And I think uh, the more professional we become, I think the more money we need to invest in the people around us and the support stuff around us. Um, yeah, I think it's just a non-negotiable and I'm really looking forward to see, seeing what happens in that space moving forward.
2: Yeah, so am I. I think that that is a, a real opportunity for growth in all sport really, but certainly netball. Um, I'm interested, Kimmy, um, in your your career has been a long one at the, at the top level. What was the thing that you learnt about yourself the most during those years?
0: Yeah, good question. I... I learned that netball is not everything. Winning is not everything. Um, I think when you first start at um, this level, it's it's such a high-pressured um, cooker kind of thing. And you get so caught up in netball, netball, netball. But uh, until I actually started to look at things outside of my life and what I was actually passionate about uh, as a person was when I started to play my best netball and... For me, I often say to our young ones that come through all of our programs at NetFit is that don't ever value yourself based on being a netballer or an athlete because at any stage that can be taken away from you, whether it's injury, coaches' decisions, um, organisation decisions, it's it can be taken away. So I always wanted um, to, to value myself based on the things I gave back to the community or the um, programs or creating within NetFit or the mentoring programs that we do with Netflix tours. So that, as soon as all of that came into my life, I I completely changed. And um, I think that's just so important for anyone that, yeah, don't ever base your value when it's in the hands of someone else. I think that is so important. Um, And I think that's where, you know, when people or athletes start to retire, um, having that mindset can help with the transition, I believe. Um, but, yeah, we'll just wait
2: and see. I'll, I'll keep you up there. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's great. And um, the other thing, I guess, more from an encore perspective, you've across that career you've had just so many amazing experiences, both with your club team and Australia. Can you pick one out that really sticks in your mind that was um, your favourite memory or, or your most enduring one? And, and I'm interested in the emotions and the feelings you had around that moment. Uh,
0: I would say... I would say probably the 2008 Grand Final. Um, we had lost so many marquee players within our team. Monia Chad had shifted over to the Adelaide Thunderbirds. We had Liz Ellis retire and a few marquee players retire and um, everyone had completely ridden us off and said that we weren't going to be able to do it with the defence in particular. And we had respectfully in and um, Kim Smith, which you should never, ever
2: um, second guess their ability. To oh, no. I've, I've got <laughs> first-hand experience of that.
0: <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, winning that one was pretty special for me. I think I was at an age where um, I really appreciated the hard work that goes into winning premierships. I had won a few premierships earlier uh, in my career and (laughs) I remember Liz Ellis saying to me, you know, this is not normal. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Doing it (laughs) year in year. I think um, a new appreciation for that was really cool. Um, But yeah, I think there's been many. The World Cup in Sydney was pretty incredible because I knew I was retiring. Similar position to what I was in on the weekend. and. So this was a grand final. It was against New Zealand. Um, we had lost in the rounds. Similar kind of feeling that, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, New Zealand are going to win it now. Um, but to do it in front of my home crowd, all my family were there. It was just, it was nerve-wracking. But um, also just the best feeling and the best reward. So, um, yeah, a lot of emotional turmoil. I, think I, was, I was thinking of retiring earlier before World Cup. Um, but I held on just for that little bit longer and I'm so grateful that I did that so that was um a really cool reward too
1: Time now to get your thoughts on the final series that's coming up. Uh, You are the one that's had the close-up look at all the teams having played against them. Um, I'd love to go through all four teams with you and get what you think is their probably strength and maybe one of their weaknesses. Sherelle, just block your ears because we have to cover the Vixens as well. (laughs) Uh, Let's start off with that minor semi uh, with Magpies and Vixens. Um, How do you think it'll play out? And just give me a bit of a strength and weakness from each side.
0: Oh, I think I think after seeing last week's game, I, I feel like Magpies have really got a, um, a, a real advantage at the moment. They're, they're still the underdogs, I feel, and I think they're kind of thriving on that a little bit. Um, in terms of their the strength, they've got strength all over the court. We've been saying it for years, that we're just waiting for them all to click, and I feel like they're just um, dipping their toe in at the moment, and... I think this is what every team fears going in against them: mm. is that you're just waiting for them to click. And at any stage, and we, I know every time we went into a Collingwood game, we're like, "This is the game they're going to click." We just know it, and then they haven't quite got there. So I think um, I think that's their strength in the fact that whenever they want to pull it out, they, they, they're more than capable of doing it. Um, in terms of weakness, I feel like they've had a, a lot of. Um, well, obviously, a lot of injuries of late, um, and passion can only take you so far, um, and that emotion can only take you so far. So, I'll be interested to see if they'll be able to back it up two weeks in a row. Yeah. Uh, Vixens, again, just strength all over the court. But um, I think the thing that I admire so much about the Vixens is that they are such a team. Yeah. Um, and I know when we play against them, you can just feel it. No matter if you're up. Um, by twenty against them, they're still a huge team. Never that will ever twenty up against them. But <laughs> you, can just, you can just sense that they are just so solid in um, that team, a uh, teamwork. Um, weakness, I, sorry, Shaz. I, like I do, kind of feel like they do the basics so super well. Um, but sometimes you can get on top of them because of that, um, just by changing a few things in their game plan. And I think magpies are able to do a little bit of a defensive shift in what they did, um, in almost like a sag type defence.
1: Yeah. Yep. On
0: every um every like drive that was coming out. And I think Yeah, um, I'm sure um, Shaz's got a thousand things up her sleeve ready to go. But, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's one thing that I would say is their weakness and their strength at the same time is that they're just so good at one thing.
1: Mm. So you're going to say who, magpies will take that out? I think magpies might take it out, Shaz. I'm hoping, Vixens,
0: I want Nabo to go all the way. (laughs)
1: I'm so pumped for her. And can I
0: tell you, she's the hardest. Wing defence in the competition. Really? right? Far. There you go. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. Very good. Well, let's look at the major semifinal, Lightning, taking on your old side, the Swifts. How do you think that will play out? And give us a bit of an insight into both teams.
0: I think Lightning will win this one. I think Swifts had just so many injuries this year, and I really feel for them because they're all the benchmarks for most of the year. But you can see the back end of the season, they're starting to slow up a little bit. Um, I think Lightning will win it quite convincingly. Uh, the Lightning has just got, again, just players that are willing to play for each other. And um, they're all not superstars, but they're actually just work so well together. I, I just think Pretorius is just insane. Isn't she? Um Just ridiculously insane. And I think... Um, the fact that she stays in play and it's the way they play their defence then that is so cool to watch. Yeah. Um, I know when we're playing against them, they have four different, what I know of, four different defensive structures on a centre pass. Um, and that Can you hear so them hard. calling
1: it? Like changing yeah. it? Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. yeah, I don't want to give away too much because I love Lange, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like they just, they're constantly calling a new centre pass defensive structure each time, which makes for a wing attack, I'm like, oh, oh, okay, we're doing this now. Oh, no, we have to do this now. It is so hard to keep on top of. Right. Um, so I think their defence then are going to absolutely romp it in. Um, and with the Swift, I, they've just got so much heart. Yeah. And, like, you've seen it week in, week out, so much heart, but I think the weakness at the moment is that they've just had so many injuries and um, it's been quite an inconsistent year of probably training, training on the court together. So I think that will be their
1: weakness. Wow. I love it. That was so interesting. Very comprehensive. Especially the lightning defense end. So if you were feeding um, your shooters and you had the lightning defense end, like what would you look at to try and get around them? Because you were always have been known, Kimmy, for your bullet precision passes that you can get into the goalers from anywhere. How much do you concentrate on what the defenders are doing to be able to get that accuracy?
0: Well, I'll give you a hot tip. You don't do a bullet pass in when Pretorius is anywhere around. <laughs> uh, it's, it's all about height. Um, Julie would scream it from, um, all week from the bench. Just <laughs> height on everything. <laughs> um, it has a little bit more high pitch than that. But um, yeah, height on everything. And just giving the shooters a moment to just set themselves. I think that is um, is really important. I think Mawaini is, so impressive, um, but often gets stuck on the body. So give it a moment, wait for them to just set and then give it up in the air. Um, I mean, that's how we tried to get around it and we didn't beat them this year. So that's
2: um, <laughs> awkward. But we came close. Good tips, good tips. No, that's good. Kim, it's been fascinating to hear your uh, tips on that. I've just got a couple more before we let you go. Um, around your decision to leave the Swiss and go to the Giants, I don't know that I've really heard you uh, speak much about this and um, whether that was a tough decision or whether, um, you know, that end point in that game, there was just so much love for you. It wasn't as though you seemed to lose any fans or support through it. it but it was, was it a challenging decision and move to make?
0: Um, it was interesting going into the back end of my SWIFT, um, last year, I could feel a real sense of shift within the team. Um, I could feel that some of the players were wanting to go home. We had quite a lot of in-state players. Um, I could also feel the coaching staff, um, getting a little bit of anxiety around games and things like that. And going into that grand final, I just knew that that was going to be my last game with the Swiss, no matter, um. No matter what, regard. I, I didn't know if it was going to be retirement or head over to the Giants. But I got a phone call um, from Julie Fitzgerald um, on the home on home on the way home from training um, one day, and she just said, "Like, I think it's so important that you start to love the game again." And I lost a little bit of love um, in that moment, um, in that year, and I was just like, you know what? Like, I kind of it to myself to just give it another crack and what other opportunities and I know that starting my career with Jules and ending my career with Jules is just something that I always wanted um, to do and I think at the time she had a couple of offers from I think I think Collingwood was one um, and Giants was one and um, I probably would have followed it anywhere no matter where she went and um, I'm grateful that she took the opportunity in Sydney. I didn't have to, you know, outroot my whole life. <laughs> um yeah it was it was an easy decision in the sense that I knew that I was going to be home again I knew that I knew what I was going to get back into um it wasn't an unknown of a new coach I think that was one thing that yeah I just kind of needed was some sort of stability within my career and she gave that to me
2: yeah, and, you know, you hear that so much about Julie Fitzgerald and the relationships that she has with her players. Um, the other thing that we hear quite a bit is your sledging game is strong. Is that true? And what's your best sledge?
0: <laughs> really? <laughs> I honestly, I feel like I'm the worst. Like, I can tell you, my, my worst sledge ever. Darlene Henry, back in the day, against the Silver fans, and she... She had, um, I had come on at halftime, and we were, I think, only down by one or two at the time, and <laughs> I'd come on at time And Jolene turns around, at, um, about 10 minutes in, we're down by, like, eight by then. <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, that was a good move bringing you on. Oh, okay. did she? That kind of thing, like, look at the scoreboard. And I just turned around. I didn't know what to say. This is where I'm not quick with <laughs> it at all. And I just turned around and said, look at your eyebrows.
2: <laughs> <What's> <laughs> what I come up with. Oh, <laughs> that, that like is so life, good. I feel like
0: my sledging is
2: like when a player winges on court. I go,
0: oh, where? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I
1: love a good sledge. It's actually
2: quite funny. God, like you just... <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I think that's a really good note to finish on, Kimmy G. Um, you know, my well, my enduring memories of you are those bullet passes that Bianca spoke about and threading the needle, um, watching with excitement when I was on your team um, and joy and with despair when you were in opposition <laughs> yeah. and awe now that I'm a fan and, and looking on from the sidelines you have brought so much to our sport and I've got no doubt that you will continue doing that post-retirement so congratulations on a wonderful career Kimmy G and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much guys. Well there you have it finally Kimmy G on the Inner Circle podcast as I've mentioned a few times we've been wanting her for so long and Um, I told you before the break that she's got a brilliant netball mind and the way she looks at things. So it was really fantastic to hear her insights.
1: Oh, wasn't it? I mean, it was fascinating. She's such a great ambassador for the game, uh, the way she's played it, but also what she's doing off the court. So no doubt it won't be the last time we hear from Kimmy G. Yeah, and
2: I think, you know, for me, listening to athletes who are at the end of their career, they just see things differently, Mm. don't they? They realise actually what the important things are. And so, you know, hearing hearing that from her was great.
1: Yeah, and it's nice that she's got to go out on her own terms. I think that certainly helps you transition when it is mm. your call and yep. not someone pushing you out the door. Yeah,
2: and she's, you know, we talk a lot about athletes and this transition period and making sure that their life is rounded it's not just about career but it's a you know you're rounded as a person in many different aspects of your life and she certainly sounds like she's nailed that Well, um,
1: it's semi-final time I'm I getting know.
2: excited now I know it's so exciting <laughs> only three weeks to go <laughs> my only goodness weeks. I can't believe it but we'll be here for the next few weeks taking you through that and you can catch us on iTunes Spotify or the RSN website of course Bea, we've, we've
1: got 197 five, 196 five star ratings yes so we need a few more to That's get right. us over the 200 mark and then actually let's just get over the 300 mark. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's, just really let's push do it. that. So jump well jump on we, we've, yeah, iTunes, go. Spotify, RSM website yeah. but on iTunes give us a five-star rating. Yeah, yeah, Please.
2: we've got uh, 197 ratings actually and 196 of them are five. five-star. That okay. that four-star still sticks in our crawl. But us out,
1: everyone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's been fun again, B, and uh, we shall do it go all again next week. Good luck, Sherelle, this weekend. Thank you, Bianca.